Faith, family, freedom, hope, and opportunity. You're listening to Freedom Rings. I'm your host, Senator Marsha Blackburn. Delighted that you're joining us for another Freedom Rings podcast. And as you know, we love bringing forward happy warrior freedom fighters who are all about what I call the big five, faith, family, freedom, hope, and opportunity. And our guest today really lives out the embodiment of what that means. Young Kim is a member of the U.S. House of Representatives from California's 49th District. She was elected in 2020, but her work fighting for freedom didn't start then. It started as a child, and you're going to love this story. So, Young, welcome. Thank you very much We're delighted to have you join us today. Talk a little bit how your family came from South Korea to Guam to Hawaii and then to California. Well, Senator, you know me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I always talk about how my uh, journey to the United States didn't come directly like most immigrants have done. I went through the Pacific Ocean first to uh, Guam where I finished my junior high school and then uh, went to Hawaii to finish my high school education, then came to California to go to college. But the luck would have it after that I remained in California uh, where I've made my home for probably more than 40 years. But it started when I was a teenager, uh, just about to finish my elementary school when my parents decided to make that tough decision uh, journey to United States because uh, they wanted to provide for their children. I was I grew up as the youngest of seven, and they knew they couldn't give me the educational opportunity or economic opportunities if they remained in South Korea. They knew America was the land of opportunity where anyone could work hard and uh, you know really achieve the American dream, and they wanted to bring me here to live that American dream. And that's exactly what we did. But I grew up during the uh, aftermath of Korean War. So I can tell you what it was like to live in a household that didn't have much, but also living with family who never made you feel like you didn't have much. And so those are the things that I carry with me. And coming to America was truly the beginning of realizing the American dream, and I'm now living it and experiencing it. It's yes, in my you DNA are now. living it, yes. indeed. Mm-hmm. And uh, your your parents kind of struggled a little bit to yes. make this happen, and yes. all of you as children kind of pitched in to help, right? We had to. Um, it's very difficult for uh, newly arrived immigrants, especially my parents who didn't speak a word of English. They started with cleaning homes, cleaning mm-hmm. buildings, It's probably not the unique story for my family because many immigrants have done that until we were able to do uh, our own and start a gift shop. Guam is a territory of the United States where we have a lot of uh, tourists from Asia, especially from Japan. So uh, that's how they started. And we pitched in initially when my parents went to clean homes, clean buildings, I was tagging along, 
But along the way, um, my mom, I remember if I may share a story with you, um, she would always take me down to the beach and she would always give me a trash bag and say, you need to pick up cans and bottles. And I thought I was just helping her clean up the beach. But what my mom would do is collect those and go and recycle them. Remember, it was almost 50 years ago. Yes. We didn't have much. We didn't have our own church. We were uh, using a rented facility to have our uh, service where the immigrants, like our family, would gather, share, help each other, and share best practices on how we can assimilate into this country. But that act of picking up cans and bottles and recycling, to most people, it would be just a simple act. But seeing how my mom would go and recycle it and give it back to church to the point where we were able to use it as a down payment eventually to have our own church and build a new church. So when it was dedicated several years later and my uh, congregation, church, deacons, they were calling my mom a can lady. <laughs> I mean, that's a direct translation from the Korean word. And because she was picking up so many cans and recycling, it was a term of endearment. But my mom, every time we did it, she said, we have so much to give back to this country, a country that gave us so many opportunities to live the American dream. And so that lesson from early on has been instilled in me. And she always said, when you have an opportunity, we need to find a way to give back. And from Guam to Hawaii to California, as I was growing up and being a part of the society, and I can tell you how I met my husband, which is at USC. He was one of the founders of this uh, nonprofit organization called Korean American Coalition. It was an organization dedicated for advocacy for our community, leadership training, and uh, political empowerment. He saw early on how there was a lack of political involvement from our Korean-American community being part of the larger society. It was the only English-speaking organization through which I became a part and also became a part of a society, and I found a niche where we can give back. Right, and so you go to USC. Mm -hmm. And you're loving college, and you join this organization, and not only the love of your life, but a <laughs> love for politics. Yes. And yeah. then you go to work with Congressman mm -hmm. Ed Royce and working in his district, which I've had the opportunity when yeah. I was in the House with him to be in his district mm -hmm. and to be out there in Orange County and meet so many of the people yeah. that had supported him. And mm -hmm. I I know that you worked with him, and so you kind of developed your political chops yes. a little bit. Yes. Um, I was very lucky to be introduced to Ed Royce, and it was introduced by none other than my husband. <laughs> so through his uh, organization, which obviously because we're advocating for the interest of our Korean-American community, we naturally developed relationship with uh, legislators, mm -hmm. political figures, Ed Royce being one of them. And I always, in my first uh, meeting with Ed Royce, I remember thinking only if 
there were 10 of Ed Royce's. Well, I mean, there is you, but yeah. uh, at the time, 37 yeah, years ago. I know exactly ago, what you're saying. If yes, there were more yeah. members of Congress like yeah, this member exactly. of Congress. You, you know, would, who pays so much attention right. to helping the minority community, yeah. the immigrant community, uh, helping them to get involved with the political process, always showing up. You know, he he taught me from very early on, politics is about relationship building. It's about showing up. It's about showing concerns. It's about listening to their needs. And he really showed by example. And I'm thinking, gosh, if only there were 10 of them, we would have in the state of California, which is one of the large states in the nation, with so many Asian Americans wanting naturally to get involved in politics, and we're naturally conservative Republicans. Yes. And yet, there has been a lack of representation. And so there has been an effort uh, working with Ed Royce and working with some of the leadership in California Republican Party to get many Asian Americans involved. And I remember getting involved early on. And um, to this day, that was my best uh, confrontation in a positive way, mm -hmm. meaning confronting Ed Royce and getting to know him. And his first uh, question for me was like, you know, what do you like to do? I said, I normally like to read and said, what is the latest one you read? I'm like, um, I think it was Enran. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I love it. What a great then, place to start. He goes <laughs> like, his eyes lit up, <laughs> seriously. And that was the beginning of our uh, working together. I mean, the next thing I know, he was asking me if I would come and work for him in his state senate office. And, and I so learned then so you, much. He retires from the U.S. Mm -hmm. House and a door opens mm -hmm. and you're a big believer in opportunity. Yeah. So what does Young Kim do? <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't right away when I ran for Congress, as you know, uh, in 2013, right. after working for Ed Royce for 21 years in his congressional office, there was an opportunity to run for state assembly in a uh, Orange County which is considered very conservative county, we had lost a state assembly seat in North Orange County. Mm -hmm. He sat me down and said, we need to find a candidate to run and take that seat back. That seat was critical because we had lost two-thirds supermajority in Sacramento. Until then, I mean, obviously my husband had... I have to give my husband credit mm -hmm. because he's the one who encouraged me. It was Ed Royce who supported my desire to run for that seat. And he was orchestrating, strategizing with us. And I put into practice everything that I learned, meaning working in a bipartisan way, working across the aisle. You go to any elected office, go to Sacramento or wherever and try to find common ground to bring some results for the district. And that's what I did. But I didn't win. I mean, I, f I first won my first ever race for any elected office in 2014. And I did help break that two-thirds supermajority, but I became a quick target. The Democrats did not like me because I mm -hmm. broke their two-thirds supermajority. They spent millions of dollars in 2016, despite mm -hmm. how hard we worked. Um, so I didn't win my reelection. And then I was deciding what I would be doing. 
In 2018, however, Ed Royce announced his retirement. It was a shock to everybody. He did not even discuss with his Mm -hmm. chief of staff until the day of. But that opened the door for me. And I immediately called him and we had conversation. He encouraged me for my run. And you know the story. I ran. We thought we won. Came Mm -hmm. to uh, Washington for freshman orientation. But I went back to find that the tide had turned and I didn't make it at the end of the day. But I didn't give up. It was a long journey to come here, but through the whole process, I had tremendous support from family, friends, relatives, supporters, but uh, my former boss at Royce has been a tremendous source of inspiration and support. And so I didn't give up. And Mm -hmm. I think that taught me a lot. The 39th Congressional District deserves a conservative representation. And I wanted to make sure that we're glad that it is you. Mm -hmm. And you had mentioned earlier the lesson from your mother about the importance Mm -hmm. of giving back. And you are working with the Republican State Leadership Council, Mm -hmm. along with my colleagues Marco Rubio, Tim Scott, and with me. And we have an effort to recruit more women and minorities to run for uh, state offices, local and state offices. And you're Mm -hmm. doing a great job. You're giving a lot of your time and Mm -hmm. effort there. So why is that so important to you? It is really important because look at America. Uh, My district, just talking about 39th, one-third Asian, one-third Hispanic, one-third Caucasian. And if you look at across the country, every congressional district, and I talk to my colleagues, there is a huge minority representation. Mm -hmm. This is America, a melting pot. I mean, you can call it a melting pot or you can call it a salad bowl, Mm -hmm. but we have our uniqueness in each of our uh, communities that we live in. And I think it's really time that we bring that diversity and make it into, uh, I guess, the, 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 the instrument. Mm-hmm. Uh, the diversity itself is what makes America great. I think that needs to be reflected in elected positions. Because when I was working as a staff for a long time, I was able to do a lot to help the community especially the minority communities who are reluctant or afraid of contacting their legislators because they don't know it's their right to contact and get the support they need. And it's our job as elected officials to provide that service to the public. Public service is not the other way around, right? But we give service to the public. But there was a limitation, especially the Asian community, especially the minority communities who are immigrants from other countries, they are used to oppression. They are disenfranchised with the elected officials. And so they live with the the mindset of the times they left their motherland, their countries, and they think that America is that. If you came from or fling a communism, socialism, that's what they think. And they have this uh, concern whether or not they will be able to exercise their freedom to speak, exercise their freedom to express what they feel inside. Someone like me who comes from Asia, we come here to, uh, 
you know, live the American dream through the economic and financial mm-hmm. stability. So we all come from different places and we have our own reasons of coming here. But those are the things that can be uh, presented or um, I guess our unique perspectives as immigrants or minorities or women-owned veterans can better represent mm-hmm. those minority groups. So I think that more of us need to be at the table and the uh, in the leadership positions because the the voices of us who are in elected positions carry more weight and people seem to listen uh, more than well, if I were just listen. a housewife staying mm-hmm. home, right? They yeah. they do listen. And I think it's wonderful that there is such a growing um, and recognized need for happy warrior freedom fighters yes, yes, <laughs> that yes. are coming forward, such as yourself. And it is why we want to make certain that everyone does have the opportunity to get to know you. Let me ask you this. When you look back, what does freedom mean to you and what does opportunity mean to you? Freedom. The ability to express freedom and fight for freedom and fight for human rights is very personal to me. My parents' generation and their parents' generation have... Um, fled North Korea, especially during the Korean War, we have crossed the 38 parallel line to seek the freedom and the opportunity to live our own lives without being oppressed by the communist or dictatorship. My mother-in-law, for example, have crossed the 38 parallel line five times, Mm. first with her mother, And then she went back to bring uh, additional family members, went back again to bring the rest of her family. So she crossed that parallel line multiple times. And so she knows and she's lived through the dictatorship. To this day, when she knew that I was working with a member of Congress who serves on the Foreign Affairs Committee, talking about the North Korea freedom, uh, you know, issues, talking about North Korea human rights issues, working with refugees and defectors who are looking for freedom. And when she found out that I was traveling into North Korea as part of the Codel Royce at the time, that was a few years back, she was livid. She said, don't you ever cross that, <laughs> you know, like, don't go into North Korea. You right. don't know what you're dealing with. I yeah. mean, I mean... Freedom means the ability to live in a free land, land of free, land of the opportunity, and I'm living it. It's also, you know, something that I only get to uh, experience, not too many people enjoy. So it's very, very personal to me. This is why I continue to fight for what I'm doing. Uh, the work that I've done, experienced while I was working as a congressional staffer, I'm very thankful that I get to do this as one of 435 members in House of Representatives. Well, and you're and doing fight it for so it. well. Thank you. And uh, uh, those who are our podcast audience are going to find out more about you where? Oh, uh, Young Kim for congress.com for campaign, but uh, rep Young Kim, and that's my uh, Twitter uh, website. Uh, they can call my office, 202-225-4111. 
Excellent. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us for another episode of Freedom Rings and Young Kim. We thank you for being a freedom fighter. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Freedom Rings. You can follow me on Twitter at Vote Marsha, Facebook at Marsha Blackburn for Senate, and on Instagram at Team Marsha. And you can always find us online at MarshaBlackburn.com. The Freedom Rings podcast is edited and produced by Jared Cummings. Executive producers are Conservative Partnership Center and Marsha Blackburn. Together, we make Freedom Rings.